This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we're talking about the end of the year. Can you believe it? It is the end of 2020, everybody. That's my celebration music because it's the end. And starting 2020, everything will be perfect. Man, who knew? Do you remember like ages ago when we were all like, 2020 is going to be amazing. Like, whoa, it's so in the future. And all of these organizations were like, 2020 vision is going to be like, you know, it was <laughs> it was the year. It was the year for so much of us. And wow, it sure turned out to be a year. <laughs> and it's not over yet, but it's the end of the year. So how are we going to talk about uh, the end of the year with our kids? Is there something that we can capture at the end of this year? Uh, uh, what are we doing? Oh, uh, for a question and answer, um, one of my friends, Annie, is a church leader and a parent of small people, and uh, she is going to answer the question of how do you explain to your kid what your role looks like? And for our wildcard section, we are going to be talking to a friend of ours called Jennifer Fellows, whose parent became a Christian when she was a kid. And she's going to talk to us about doubt and all the things we experience as parents when we come to faith sort of later in life when we already have kids and how we sort of negotiate that from the child perspective really she's going to share a bit of her experience of what that was like as a child watching your parent come to faith uh the cornerstone section which is always we call it i don't know if you know that we call it the cornerstone section uh in in the back in the back in the back rooms of Parenting for Faith, we call it the cornerstone section, because I'm supposed to talk about a tool every week in this section uh, to sort of highlight one of our five tools. And uh, I don't think I'm doing any of that. this. Oh, yes. Well, I'll claim it. It's framing. It's framing this year, this week. I really just wanted to talk about how we can capture this year. I find at the end of a year, we begin to think going forward, what are my New Year's resolutions for next year? How is next year going to be sparkly and shiny and I'm going to shun all carbs? And how do we, you know, we, we come to the end of a year and we look forward. And I really think I just want to pause to give you a few questions, just really just give you a few questions to ask yourself or maybe your family to discuss as your family of of this year, because I think we survived this year. We we <laughs> held our breath and made it uh, through this year. And I think there's something about just pausing, just, just grabbing onto an anchor for a moment to turn around and take in this year and see where God was in all of it. And so whether you want this to be a family journal that you do or a family night that you talk about this stuff, or whether it's just something that you and God and your partner or your friend just talk about. I just want you to capture this. And so I'm just going to read to you a list of questions that I kind of just want you and God to ponder. And it may be that only one question sticks in your head and you chew that over for a week. Or you may want to jot these down at some point and, and do them later. But I, I just wanted to read them to you because God was at work this year in your life, in your children's lives. God was not waiting. He was not stopped. He was not surprised. He was at work this year on behalf of us. And it's so great to see it. And so these are the questions. What is the journey your kid 
or kids, depending on just um, pick a kid and think about one at a time. Um, But what is the journey your kid was on spiritually this year? What was the journey? Where did they start off? And what were the ups and downs? and, And what were the good moments? Just think about their whole journey over this year. What surprised you about your spiritual journey, your kid's spiritual journey this year? What surprised you? What worried you? Where did you see God in action in your life, in your child's life, in your family's life, in the life of the community? What are you grateful for in your child's character? How did God use your child in your life? What is your most precious moment with God this year? What is your most precious moment with your child and God this year? Or as a family? And some of us may feel that our kid has just drifted away from God this year, and that just feels so terrifying. And so I would suggest, if that's you, you may want to ask God, where were you? As my kid drifted. God, can you remind me or show me or just bring to my mind a memory of when my kid did for a moment think of you, be blessed by you, connected with something? You may have other questions that you may want to ask. But I think it's so valuable to wade into them with God. Good or bad, happy or sad, whatever you are feeling and wondering about, ask him because he was there for it. And he will bring it to your mind. And he will help you encapsulate this 2020 year. Um, Not just of all the things that you did in lockdown, but the things that he did in lockdown. Okay, so I'm here with Annie Wilmot. Um, Annie regularly preaches and leads at her church and her husband's a worship pastor as well. So you both have kind of leadership roles in church. Mm -hmm. You also have two small children, uh, both under fives. And we know what it's like. I know what it's like. Mm -hmm. But many of those times, your children want to be up at the front with mum and dad. Like you're trying Mm -hmm. to get on and lead, uh, but they want to be with you. How do you handle that situation? Um, a couple of different ways, actually. So we, I've had times where I've been preaching, particularly when our boys were a bit smaller, where they've wanted to come to me, and actually I've just held them. Yeah. Um, and or they've come and sat at my feet or asked questions a bit, but then sat down. Yeah. Um, and I think having been a kids pastor, I'm quite good at still carrying on, even when they're sort of attached to me. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've had some really times where I thought that was messy, and I'm sure that really impacted it. And I had four people come up and say that my kid being attached to me spoke to them more than the words I was saying about um, the father's love for them. Mm. And so I sort of embraced just allowing my kids to minister whilst I do. 
Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting one at our church recently because we have just, uh, not just recently, we've said no kids are allowed on the stage anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually we've been having to talk that through a lot with them. And especially when daddy is on the stage leading worship, we've yeah. sort of talked through where they can sit um, near him or sort of how they can still be involved in the worship. And sometimes we get there a bit earlier so they can go on during rehearsal mm-hmm. and then um, come off afterwards. But for me, my passion is always, if possible, to let them be up and sort of in amongst it because I think it ministers to other people. And actually, I'm there as a mum as well as a preacher. And yeah. for me, if we're all church family, then that's, that's important to me. Mm. Yeah, well, that's really helpful. Mm. Does um, your husband handle it in a similar way? Like you've picked up on that a little bit. Yeah. It's, there is actually a rule now, but uh, yeah, has he had a yeah. similar experience? He, Pete is, uh, my husband, he is incredible at leading worship with a kid attached to him. I have no idea how he manages to stay so focused and play the guitar with one or two of them hanging off his legs. Yeah. Um, he, I think uh, he would say the same thing. I think for him, you know, he's still dad. And actually if they can be there whilst he worships and he loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go and unattach them if, you know, if they're tripping over wires or which is the reason that kids aren't allowed to stay to us. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so he is very good at that. And often beforehand, he will um, get them to help him set up and pat down. So he's getting them involved in seeing that leading worship is not just about being stood on the stage, but it's the time before. Mm. Um, and talk through what songs they're going to do and he'll sing them with our eldest beforehand, sort of yeah. the week a bit. Um, so I think actually that's probably for him is, I think a really big thing he's teaching them is that it's not not just the time on the stage that they see, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. and and kind of framing the big picture of that and helping them to yeah. serve. Yeah. yeah, I had a similar experience recently where. Um, so our kids have to come really early and stay really late. And I often feel mm. really bad about that. Um, yeah. And there was an opportunity for them to go to church with their grandparents instead. Uh, and I thought, oh, yeah. great, because I had a really, I was like juggling several different things. And I thought, actually, that would really help. Mm. Um, but I thought, I'll, I'll give them the choice. I don't want to just tell them that that's what they have to do. Uh, so I said, you know, do you want to go to church with grand and granddad? And both of them were mm. like, but you can't do it without us. We're the team oh. like we we know how to set up the rooms and yeah. uh you know they know where the hoover is they know where stuff is afterwards they direct other people yeah. and it was really a lesson to me of yeah I make a big deal of mm. all of us are the team and all of us have a role to play and we make this happen and actually yeah. to just casually say oh yeah I can do it without you um like yeah w- it yeah. wasn't very helpful but I hadn't I hadn't really thought of that it in that way and it's actually yeah. made me feel so much better about them coming and being part of that, I feel like they are learning what it is to serve and to lead yeah. and that there's there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think ours are talk, talk the same about, you know, once they want to lead, all that eldest, like, want to lead worship with Daddy or to do a talk with me. Yeah. So it's, they're not, they don't just see that they're coming and standing there whilst they're doing it. They do. They think they're doing, well, they are doing it as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, almost... Carry on. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, even if they're like just helping you carry something up, it's, yeah. And I think that actually they are amazing at showing that they value each role as a team. I mean, mm. like, they love hoovering so much yeah. always. Like, even when you're cleaning something up, like, kids see that as being so important in a way that adults forget. Yeah. I was just going to say, and in the way they 
uh, well, one of our children, the younger one, very much mm. copies during the week. So he wants to, he really likes music and he wants to lead worship, but he knows yeah. that you have to practice to do that. So, you know, there will be a oh. lot of yeah. uh, deciding which order he wants to do songs in and practicing <laughs> them and like laying stuff out with yeah. um, soft toys and, and explaining to them where the snacks are and the toilets are. And, <laughs> and it's interesting in the role play and in the feedback, you realise what yeah. they've picked up on and what's yeah, important. True. And he'll often say something like, you know, we want everyone to feel welcome here or everyone can come. And oh. you think that's great. That's the yeah. that's the thing that you've held on to. Like the lyrics you're singing don't even make sense or, yeah. it, or whatever it is. There are some bits you haven't got, but you've understood how it feels and what you're trying yeah. to create in that role. Yeah. That's mm. a quite a unique thing, isn't it, in church leadership family life? We often have to role play church services. Yeah. I get told. Yeah, and it is. They actually... Yeah, our eldest often does the service leading and I'm told, you know, when it's time to stand up and then I'm told to come and give a talk. <laughs> um, but actually, they do. They pick up on the um, the wording and the signposting throughout the service. I think far more than adults probably think about kids doing that. And, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly that, like everyone's welcome. And the phrasing mm. that you could think is really throwaway, actually, is so important. Yeah. No, brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. That's been really helpful. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, Jennifer, um, was about your experience as a child. So if I remember rightly, um, your mum went on an alpha course and you'd been to church a little bit before, but there was quite a change in her. Can you tell me a little bit about that time and what happened? Yeah. So um, when I was eight, I did a holiday club at a local church. And on the Sunday, my mum my went to like their all age, like this is what the kids have done service. And from that, we... Um, she signed up for an alpha course um, and we went and started attending that church and we had kind of always been to church um, growing up but it it was more like an obligation thing that you went that you went you know Christmas Easter you went a couple of times to Sunday school you got yeah. went to the prize giving um, but after mum went in the alpha course she started to really develop a relationship with Jesus um, and as she was doing that she really let me in on the journey so I remember as a child just having um, loads of discussions with her about faith, about what she'd seen on the Alpha video, about the questions she had, about the doubts she had. And as we moved church, she would talk to me about the things that she loved about the church and the things that she struggled with. Um, and actually, my mum doesn't drive, so we spent a lot of time on buses around Glasgow. Yeah. Um, and I think that led to like loads of the discussions. It's like she went a, if we went in the bus to like my netball training, whatever, we'd talk and... Um, yeah, just get real windows into her faith, I suppose. Now I've got language for what that was, but it was just us talking about um, what she was going through. And actually, she really let me in in the doubts and the things that she struggled with, not just the happy, clappy, life is wonderful stuff. And I think that really gave me permission as well to have doubts and to, to question my faith as I grew up and to ultimately then learn like, and have my own relationship with Jesus. Mm. So what would you say to a parent listening to this and the child is maybe starting to express some doubts about faith or some aspects of it um, and who's just not quite sure how to handle it? Yeah, I think um, doubt is actually a really healthy thing to have in many ways with children 
because when children start to have doubt in their faith, it shows that they're thinking about their faith and they're starting to have ownership over their relationship with God. They're not just following what your family have always done. Um, and yeah, and I was talking to a friend actually, and he's got two daughters um, who are both in their 20s now and both on fire for Jesus and he's a vicar and I was asking about how you raise children within the context of ministry and and he said always allow them to question their faith and have doubts and Mm. make sure that they know that doubts are a natural part of their faith journey Um, because it's through having doubts and having questions that we learn to dig deep into God and we learn the truths about God and we're able to unwind um, maybe some of our wrong beliefs about God. So actually it's a healthy thing and it's a good thing and um, we don't need to give our children all the answers, we just need to facilitate them in the the journey of um, their own faith and having those questions. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'd love to go back a little bit to your ex- your experience as an eight-year-old so presumably you said you've been to church a little bit before but not very much this was uh, you know a big change and quite a new thing for your mum church has its own culture its own language it's everything and how did your mum or looking back how would you suggest people navigate doing that if they're either new to faith themselves or maybe you're supporting a friend or family member who hasn't been to church a lot before what helped what didn't yeah um so I, I loved going to church because I loved the relationships I had. Mm. So the church that we went to growing up was very good at community and very good at multi-generational relationships. So even from the age of eight, I would have had, I had an um, older couple who were in their 50s and, 60, 50s and 60s as I grew up and they'd every week come and ask me how I was. Mm. So I think the context of doing it in a community that loves and supports each other um, was really important for me. And also, I remember um, going to a communion service when I was younger and the church I went to um, didn't have a structured communion service, but people would just stand up um, and speak and share a hymn or a song. And I remember going for the first time and being so confused. Yeah. And my mum, I remember so vividly, whispering to me the whole way through the service, explaining what was happening. Um and probably irritating those around her, but she had no shame in it because I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she was great with that. So I think um, framing stuff for your kids, explaining what's going on, but also explaining what's going on inside you yeah. is really helpful. Um, just allow them to go on the journey with you and not just feel like they're being dragged along on it. Yeah, so it sounds like that um, whispering thing was really helpful. Yeah. Uh, did you, as a child, did you feel like your mum knew what was going on? Or, d- you know, was she sometimes saying, I'm not quite sure why they're doing this? Or Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or even, you know what, we go to this church and we love this church, but I don't, I don't particularly agree in that or I struggle with that. And um, allowing us to have those conversations was really helpful Mm -hmm. um, and also taught me how to navigate church, which isn't always hunky-dory and everyone getting along well, um, but those complex relationships that we have with church. Mm. And coming back to what you were saying earlier, not pretending that church is perfect and the people who go there are perfect, (laughs) is all linked into that thing of having being allowed to have doubts and questions and ask what's going on and they're not always being straightforward answers. Me and my mum both talk a lot, like still do. It's true, I've met you. (laughs) (laughs) And we're Glaswegian so we speak really fast so we can get a lot of words into a short space of time. (laughs) So I think that um, that relationship really helped because it just allowed us to grow in faith together and to 
yeah to mm. talk about everything and not hide things from me which was great growing up and I love that you said so much of it happened you know waiting for the bus or yeah. chatting on journeys it wasn't a right let's sit down and have a serious conversation about this it was oh, just no. part of explaining life and talking about things as you went along and you've also met me and my mum we don't really do serious conversations no it's true we just do the mixture of taking like the rip out of each other (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah going places and stuff which was great brilliant thank you that's been really helpful and a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid is this what was god's favorite time with us this year What was his favorite time with us this year? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight session course to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.